Hey folks, Sasha Ilyevich here, and this is your weekly edition of Stories Behind Stories, where we discuss some of the backstory behind some of my favorite titles, and hopefully yours as well. This week's edition, we're going to continue with the Opeth Pack Saga, the story in question, book number two, Raining Kisses. So after our little interlude, and I hope you like the new music, I couldn't remember the old bump I used to use between the two of them. Let me know in the comments section of these podcasts wherever you hear this, and I'll change it back if I can find it again. Anyway, we'll go over that after a quick break. Welcome back. This time I managed to actually hit the record button. Yay. So we're going to talk about the Opeth Pack's second book in the series, Raining Kisses. And I got to be honest, the initial start of the series has to do with the character creation. And like I said in the last series, last uh, podcast, um, Nicholas is very much based on Riddick from the Chronicles of Riddick series. Uh, particularly the second movie, because that's what I was thinking about when I'd seen the movie and was trying to come up with something that would work for the second book and, and it needed a plot that was similar to the first but different enough to where I could I could you'd get a you'd get a different book. And one of the backstories I'll tell you guys about on this particular book is that when it was time to redo the story for Secret Cravings uh, Raining Kisses, actually the entire series had been contracted before I'd finished the series. I, I'd submitted the first three and told um, Beth over at Secret Cravings that the first three books were finished. They'd actually all been edited because I had um, published them over at a different house prior to and then the house folded. And then the other three books needed to be written and there you have it. So when I was working on Raining Kisses. I actually spent a great deal of time in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where my soul mother lives. And the reason I was out there had to do with a um, rehab project we were doing at the time. A buddy of mine and I had, had he picked up a, a house in the almost in northwest quadrant of the city, out towards the Rio Rancho direction, just off of 40. I can't remember right now. I, I used to know the address by heart. Actually, I tell you what, Alfago Baca. The house is on Alfago Baca. I'm not splitting that because I'm not going to dox anything out of that, but that's the point. Well, my buddy who had the property we were going to rehab had sent me down there to do the management work and, you know, take care of the rehab. He had a loft he'd picked up for like 250 prior to 1,300 square foot loft. Gorgeous view of the city, gorgeous view of the landscaping, top corner level. Very similar to what I've got, only he had windows everywhere because the building itself used to be a school until they shut it down and converted it to, to lofts and condos. Well, I spent a lot of time there. It was a really difficult time of the year for me because I don't do well on the holidays. I, I just hate them. And on top of that, my ex and I were going through a tumultuous time period as well. Plus, we were living with some very shitty people in this fucking ghetto-ass shithole of a, of a portion of California known as Hayward, 
where even the goddamn air and the sunlight, even when it's bright and sunny and, and clear skies, the weather or the air just feels fucking depressing. It's just that kind of part of town. Um, so I was going through this book, writing and rewriting and, and doing all this stuff, and I couldn't even actually... I was having a hard time. I was having a very, very hard time. Uh, the dedication is very heartfelt in this particular book because, again, the people who were with me at that time and with the revisions when I did this a third time uh, have helped make the book better. Um, special mentions. The kid knows why I, I'm grateful to him. Short version of that. Uh, when I split up with my ex, I had to go somewhere. I didn't know where else to go, and he gave me a place to crash. Otherwise, I was going to be fucking homeless. I could have shoved my shit into storage, and I would have basically... Um, Kept a laptop on me and my bank card and my phone and paid the paid the storage bill and my bank, you know, my uh, phone bill and called it a day. And he said, "No, man, come come figure this out for a few months here." But the original version, we were having a hard time. My ex and I actually ended up putting off a wedding, which short version is hindsight's twenty twenty. Thank God. But uh, at the end of the story, I mentioned uh, Katrina, uh, Katerina, and Christina. I still have, I had no idea this was your story as much as it was mine in a way. And I got to be honest, I still don't know why. And this author's note is dated the 25th of June on 2007. And this is updated again on 2014. And I was in Albuquerque in 2008. So it's still a very, very heavy female, female, male story. And Nicholas is actually the right-hand man of the Opeth Pack. He's Josie's right-hand man that's doing all the bad things, and he's an enforcer, you know. Doesn't want to be that either. But when you read through the prologue and discover what happened as far as why he was forced into that position and what he had done to, to make Katarina fall in love with him before the soulmate bond, it'll make a lot more sense. Um... I'm scrolling through here trying to find some other facts from here. Once again, language mistakes are mine. Less and the prophecy play a bigger part in here as things start to come uh, unglued. The library. The library is actually a very live club. It uh, is down on Central Avenue and featured, just like the book says, uh, on Fridays and Saturday nights, the whole Cowboy Ugly thing. Uh, there used to be a club across the corner from 6th and Central called the Coliseum. And I'm going to do my best to language this without being a racist prick. Seriously? In a town like Albuquerque, the Coliseum was the black club. That's all there is to it. You could hear them with the strobe lights. You could see the strobe lights from the corner loft. You could hear the ghetto rap music, whether it was West Coast primarily or or I guess a little newer school at the time, you could hear it. You just you just knew you didn't go there. And then like one night, I think it was the day before I was supposed to come home. I was on the phone to a buddy of mine at three in the morning because I used to stay up until three in the morning and drink when I wasn't working for Rob. And uh, heard gunshots. And the cops were there ten minutes later. It's just fucked up. Um. The loft layout is very similar to what Rob's loft looked like when we were there. Very, very open, very spacious, concrete floors. I love the entire existence of the place, quite frankly. It was just one of those really cool spots where you could just chill in and you had enough room to be open and 
he had a balcony which overlooked Central Avenue, which technically is Route 66. And um, I'd sit in the balcony and smoke cigars when I could. Uh, what else is in this book that you guys might be interested about? Uh, I'm trying to think. See, the thing about this series was I had the intention of trying to push a lot of pain into a book and make it so that you guys were like really going to get a good story the entire way through and getting a really powerful story the entire way through. But the problem with it was is that the first three books were kind of, and this doesn't mean they're bad books. I just didn't have as much, as much impetus to, to really give you guys a great story the way that I did with books four, five, and six. And when we get to books four, five, and six in the podcast, you guys will be able to understand the differences between, because I can still off the top of my head, right? Just tell you what the inspiration was for four, who was involved in it, why five had to happen the way it did, and who was actually, what three women contributed to the development of the character that I ended up finally maybe putting less with, because he continues to play a larger role, as does Prophecy throughout the Opeth Pack series. Still, excuse me, still on the uh, his reign train in terms of trying to mimic the world and and create this dynamic in between different classes of, of creatures and whatnot. But it's not as divisive in this book as it as it could have been. Also, I'm pretty sure that in this particular book, two of the characters were killed off and they were named off of names I chose for two of my favorite people to hate living in fucking Hayward because they were trash. Um, and if I could dox them, I might consider the idea, but it's not really worth it anymore because they're probably dead in a ditch somewhere. Anyway, before I say something stupid, I'm going to end this. And I want to get you guys feedback on the next podcast because I had an idea. Uh, I've been, it's been hard to find the music on the different app that I'm using between the uh, iPhone and actually here on, on the uh, uh, web software. So um, I'm going to do a little different thing here, shake it up just a bit. Anyway, until uh, next time, catch the outro, and we'll talk to you guys. So there we have it, the very brief backstory behind Raining Kisses. The third book coming up next week, Kisses Fall, I believe, will have a little more detail to it because there's a lot more going on in my life at the time. And I think that'll be something we get into um, at length. It might be a little bit of a longer podcast, too. I'm looking at the series thing right now. So, yes, Kisses Fall, book number three. Until then... If you wish to support me financially, the Patreon link is down below. Or if you want to get something for your money, that's even better. You can find me at the Amazon link and purchase any number of, or all of, if you so choose, so choose, of my backlist. And yes, there are more books on the way. As always, thank you, and until next time, cheers. Cheers.